Gotta go fast! You're listening to Play for Tempo. Hearthstone in 30 minutes or less with Schwal and Steven Sensei. Oh, this is gonna be fun! All right, Schwal, welcome back. Um, I hope you're not too angry at Matt and I for going a little off the rails last week, but <sighs> no, we no. couldn't help it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, yeah. Like when you got to the second, no, no, the other podcast did that. I realized what you guys are doing. It was like, you know what? Two hours of them talking about F1. Sure. I'm here for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you weren't the only one. And I, I think some other people enjoyed it as well, but that will not be a regular segment. Uh, so going back to Hearthstone, some news and some things coming up this week. Uh, Book of Mercenaries Gruff is coming out. I have high hopes for this. I think Gruff as a brand new character seems kind of cool. Yeah, the Zyrella one was pretty fun as well. So I look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to that. I, I think, again, maybe it's it's original things. It's not tied to Warcraft directly. So they have a little more room to tell a very condensed story instead of like, let us tell you an entire like 12 year history of this in eight battles. Yeah. (laughs) So that's coming. And then of course, mercenaries was announced. We saw some screenshots back at what was it? The BlizzCon line, I think is when they showed us that. Yep. Apparently a mercenary survey went up. And that survey information has, of course, been put out. Um, there's a lot to unpack here. I, I'm a little confused, and I'm curious what your take is. So from the survey that went out, there were a couple screenshots. And then the description and details are this. In Mercenaries, master an all-new challenge in Hearthstone's single-player competitive roguelike game mode. That's a lot of words. <laughs> Yes, it is. Um, and I question single player because later on it talks about like playing against other people. So I, I'm a little confused about that. But to continue, build and customize your own dream team of iconic Warcraft characters to take into battle, vanquish foes, collect bounties. Use your earnings to customize, upgrade, and equip your team with the abilities and treasures needed to jump back into battle and storm through ever-changing maps or other players. You just said single player, and now we're other competing against other players, but I guess Hearthstone is a single player game. Like, it's not cooperative. Maybe that's what they're going for. I, I think there is both you against AI and you against other people. Okay. As your mercenaries progress, so too will their opponents. So keep your strategies at the forefront as you tackle this all new combat system, which of your mercenaries will enjoy and earn their glory. Additional details. These are deck free battles. Say goodbye to building and balancing 30 card decks. Instead, choose which of six mercenaries you think have what it takes to team up and take home the bounty. So this is not a card building deck building game. Yeah. Collect, experiment, and conquer. Put countless squad combinations and strategies to the test with more than 50 mercenaries to collect at launch. Holy. Okay. Um, Each with unique abilities to bring to battle. Continue to grow your roster with new game-changing mercenaries dropping monthly. 50 at launch and more coming every month. This is definitely feeling a little 
gotcha-esque. Yeah. Like, I don't know about that. <clears throat> they literally asked in the survey, "Is it does it make you more or less likely to play this game if we call it a gotcha game? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I, there's already enough RNG and loot box mechanics with card packs, Hearthstone. Uh, yeah, you, and you've got to make it real, real good and really, really interesting to be able to drag me away from other modes to get me to play this, especially if it's got this mechanic where I have to try and collect the best heroes through a gotcha mechanic. Yeah. I, I'm I'm going to reserve judgment, but at first blush, I'm not thrilled with this right now. <laughs> I agree entirely. Uh, innovative combat deal damage with a twist as you and your opponent cue abilities and select targets, then sit back and watch the fight unfold. Pay close attention to the order of your abilities to get the most damage out of each move. So this sounds like we're sequencing what we want to do for our turn we both press go and then we watch it play out battleground style that would be my guess i mean align your team uh align and your team will shine battles only get more heated with the introduction of alignments giving on the spot bonus damage based on which mercenaries take to the board so this seems like some sort of synergistic effects between things. Sure. Play your way. Fight through evolving maps and bosses at your own pace or go head to head with other players. See how, how far you progress is totally up to you. So yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's both AI and then, you know, PVP. Replay all day, randomized maps and seemingly endless team treasure. I'm guessing your mercenary teams and ability combinations make a unique experience with every battle. And then expand your village. Put down roots in your mercenaries' gathering grounds. Your village will start small, but as your squadron grows, so too will your village. This reminds me of those horrible, horrible, like, money grab games where okay upgrade your headquarters and you can upgrade in and it will take five to 15 minutes to have this upgrade ready or you can use like currency to upgrade immediately and yeah i don't know i mean so like honestly there are for me there are three ways this plays out there is the, this is bad monetization and gotcha and whatever, in which case I will never touch it. There is, this is deck-free battles and the monetization isn't bad and whatever, and I'll try it a little bit and then won't play it anymore because it's not a card game and I love card games. <laughs> uh, and then there is the extremely unlikely option, which is that it's really, really good and I keep playing. Like, I honestly don't think I will play this mode much. <laughs> Like, even if I, it's good, just because this is not the thing I like. Yeah, I wonder when I when I think about this and trying to think of it as pullback, not as player, but as like business focused yeah. ideas that we we have this product, we're bringing it. It seems like this is something that they can push out as it's free to play. You don't need cards. You don't need to build decks. Barrier to entry is low. 
time from pressing button to fun is is low so we're getting right in and playing things but you need to monetize it and honestly blizzard screwed up with battlegrounds because they had no plan to monetize it it went incredibly huge and then they're like we are missing out on all this revenue this seems like they've learned that lesson maybe potentially and they're fine trying to find a way of how do we create something that hopefully people are really going to like and really want to engage with and also monetize it. Yeah. That I think you're right. And I'm, that makes me depressed. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I hope it's good. I hope it's replayable, but again, maybe this isn't for us and maybe, maybe we have to get out of the mindset that, Hearthstone is a collectible card game and Hearthstone is now a game platform that started with collectible cards and that was and will probably forever be the the kind of primary mode. But then there's other things within the game client that people love to do and this is just another option. I guess it it still feels weird to me that there's non-card game stuff like what why why even build it in this engine well i i think it's because you know they they built battlegrounds which is kind of card game e it's yeah i guess um and a there it's becoming a platform it's it's a delivery platform now it's no longer just a game yeah i Um, guess and is if is this another way to okay so you come in, you start playing this this mercenaries mode. It's free, it's easy. You try some battlegrounds, you earn some packs, and it is is it kind of the gateway that gets you to other modes potentially? Um, is it something where you play it and you see these heroes and you go, "Wow, Zyrella's really cool. Wow, Gruff's really cool. Wow, Edwin's really cool." Um, and then you start going, oh, well, there's cards for those characters in these other modes. I should go try those. I think that's the I goal. don't know. I I don't know. As somebody who has never cared about Warcraft or even playing this <laughs> game for God knows how long, I, you know, you know, that that has never worked on me. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. Reading this, it's like, obviously, it's coming. There's going to be some feedback from community at first blush with this information. I have concerns. Yeah, I, I am very skeptical at this point, but I'm also willing to give them a chance and we'll see what happens. And maybe this is for me. Maybe it isn't. Um, I, I'm not gonna like throw up my arms and oh, this is horrible. And I quit and blizzard and I hate them. And because that's not the case. I, I still have my game modes. I still have what I enjoy. Um, now, if they were saying, well, we're doing this and we're getting rid of Hearthstone <laughs> as we know it. Constructed and wild and all that is going away. Yeah, that's never going to happen. Nope. But that would be something that would that would cause me to be like, okay, I'm done with you. Um. So, yeah, I don't know who this is for at this point. Obviously, we have to see it. We There's a lot more. It was supposed, apparently, apparently in the roadmap. For yep. this section, we're supposed to get that like this expansion window. Yes. Um, 
I don't I, know. I feel like it's got to be either super, super late or it's going to be pushed. Yeah, like I think it's just either like, you know, it come it is released with the pre-order patch for the next expansion or it's delayed. Like I think those are the options. <laughs> yeah, especially given how little we've seen. But yeah. again, if it's we may have seen so little of it because they're getting everything in place. I mean, if 50 mercenaries to collect at launch, let's start right there again to collect at launch that that worries me. You're talking about potentially, you know, assets for 50 characters, yeah. potentially with voice lines, potentially with things that go specific to their character or their class. Like, there's a lot of work going into this. Oh, yeah. So for now, um, wait and see. But yeah. Yeah. speaking of waiting and seeing. I, I Wow. I, News I am much more happy about. <laughs> I I honestly, I, I saw this when I woke up the other day as it being tweeted out. And I kind of rubbed my eyes and was like, excuse me, say what? So go ahead, Schwal. What, what did they do? Or what uh, will they be doing? <laughs> Hearthstone, uh, at play Hearthstone, tweeted, we will be banning Steeler Souls in Wild with a small update next week. It will still be playable in other formats and will be eligible for a full dust refund for the usual two weeks after this change goes live. They have banned a card in Wild that is still legal in Standard because they don't want to nerf it in Standard and they don't want it in Wild in the current state. This is incredible news. <laughs> this is the first time this has ever been done. Yes, this is um, the first time they've ever banned a card outside of duels and arena. Yeah. And I mean, we, and in duels and arena, it wasn't so much that it was banned. It was that, that they were just not offered. Yeah. Um, uh, no, we there have were cards you weren't allowed to put in your initial deck in duels. Oh, okay. Cause I know yeah. that we've also seen that within tavern brawls where there've been brawls you've gone in and yeah. it's, you've been going through to build your, your deck for the brawl and you would see banned over the top of a card and that showed up well more than a year ago. Oh yeah. It's been, and we're like, well, they have this technology. This is interesting. Um, wow. This is, this is interesting. I, I think it's really great because they've recognized that there is a problem in wild, but they're not going to nerf and dramatically change the card that affects it in standard and everywhere else. Yeah. Um, there's questions about what happens to this card once it rotates to wild. If at that point, something uh -huh. will be done to it. Alec tweeted basically when it rotates to wild, they will probably nerf it if they haven't had to nerf it for standard already. Okay. Well, I mean, they would probably have to nerf it given that it's completely broken in wild. Eh. Um, so that uh, said, I, it's not a, it's not a good deck. <laughs> yes. Th that's a good way to put it. It's a broken card in a bad deck. Um, it, yeah. So I, I highly recommend listening to the latest state of wild podcast. Um, uh, they they talk about this for like half the episode, and basically they say like, and they're three high level uh, wild players. Like this deck is not good, but it's annoying. It's really annoying, and like yeah. especially at lower levels where there is less aggro to punish it. You know, you're, there's a lot of this deck, and it's annoying. So. This gets rid of an annoying thing for a lot of players. I, I think that's perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I think this is great. I think this is a philosophy I'd like to see because this is also not encouraging. The only people that are going to dust this card are people that are wild exclusive. I mean, you can dust it for now just in case it, you know, if it's never playable in standard, but like it, it's 200 dust. It's not going to matter for most people. Yeah. Um, but it, it's not one of those things where it, it's blanket across everything. Um, I, I don't know. I kind of really think this is, I think this is good and I'll be curious to see how they do this going forward because if this is working properly and they have the technology, it's going to make it so they can easily do things like this in the future. It also means that they can do things for events where they go, okay, you know, the, the summer event, the Ragnaros's, you know, fire festival and the fire fest evil and all of that. Assuming they run that event again, assuming we have a summer fire festival again, which is pretty likely they could very well go in and go, you know what? It's the fire festival. All ice and frost cards are banned for this two weeks. I don't think they'll do that, but no, I, but I'm saying they have the ability that for an event, if they wanted to ban some cards or if they wanted to tweak some things, they have the ability to do this, whether it's permanent or short term. Um, I, I don't think the they're fact very that likely they're, to do that. No, but the, yeah, I'm saying they have the ability to. And the fact that we're seeing them actually use this tool that they've had, that they've used for brawls and for duels to actually yeah. seeing it making its way into constructed is interesting. And I think there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. And like, I, I think it's worth noting, like, like for a card to get like this, to get banned in wild, like, I think this is going to be pretty rare, like once or twice a year, I think is roughly the level we, you should expect to see this happen. Yeah. Like they do not do like, there are not decks like this that often. And like the last time this happened was, um, oh, uh, oh, I'm what the, N- um, Naga Naga Giants Hunter? Oh no no no! This is uh, like last expansion, the um, uh, Hysteria Hysteria combo, which is yeah. the exact same thing happened where it was a super annoying deck, but it wasn't actually that great. But they they had a way to nerf the card elegantly where it didn't affect standard too much and it was still a powerful card like they've drifted again since then it's clearly still a powerful card but like you know and there was in particular you know i wonder if they had like eight months ago or whatever if they would have done this for dark glare where dark glare was holding um was holding warlock together in standard but it was way too good and wild and they nerfed it and it's still really good and wild and warlock is unplayable in standard but uh like had they thought of it then would they have done this maybe like that that's a real possibility yeah which is really funny because one of the follow-up tweets i saw to this from some wild players was basically like darkware warlock players like look in the other direction and whistling like we <laughs> you don't yeah. see us um I don't know. I just seeing them do something in a different way that seems like it's it kind of is respectful to the player base and that it's acknowledging wild and that we hear you that there's a problem. 
here is a a at least short-term solution to this while at the same time saying to standard we understand this isn't a problem for you and if we nerf it it may take some things away and tools away from you so we're going to do this instead i think it's great yeah like the, a, a big reason this didn't get nerfed and got and i think got banned instead is that warlock is so bad in standard right now like they they do not want to take anything away from it if there's a possibility that it recovers like and that is a big thing here like so now now i know that you say warlock is bad but for a while like just after the the mini set release just after wailing caverns released there were people out there playing like uh, new versions of Zoo Lock and new versions of Cute Lock that seem to be a hot thing. Are you saying those have fallen off and those are not good? Yeah. So uh, two things happened since then. Uh, people started playing Face Hunter again, and um, uh, people refined the uh, Aggro Shaman decks, both of which utterly destroy those decks. <laughs> ah. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> So, and I think that brings us to our kind of the meat of what we wanted to talk about today, which is Face Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. I've um, been... Face Hunter's back in 2021. <laughs> yeah. It, it looks pretty similar, honestly, to a lot of Face Hunter that has been played over the last year or so. Um, I, I've just been playing the VS list. I got legend with it today. Uh Two Adorable Infestation, two Demon Companion, two Intrepid Initiate, two Tracking, a True Rain Crescent, two Wolpertinger, two Wound Prey, two Imprisoned Felmaw, two Kolkar Pack Runner, two Quick Shot, two Wriggling Horror, Mancrick, Piercing Shot, uh, two of those, uh, Ringland's Rifle, two Warsong Wrangler, Barak Kotobane, and two Trampling Rhino. Uh, the True Rain Crescent Wriggling Horrors are flex slots, but uh, I, I've liked them so far. I'm, I'm reasonably happy with those. You could also run so- like, Arcane Shots or other stuff in those slots okay so our arcane shot is a potential there and as always we will go ahead and make sure that the deck code for this is in the description of the podcast so if you want to give this deck a try after listening to schwal break it down and tell you why you should go face that code will be there for you yep Um, so this is just pure like would you say that this is fair to categorize this deck as being a kind of pure aggro deck yeah this is this, this is almost the platonic ideal of an aggro deck. There is very little unusual going on here. Uh, I'll talk about the little unusual things, but a lot of this is just going to be the theory of aggro. Um, so uh, briefly, first, I wanted to touch upon the sort of the matchup spread, because that's, that's interesting. And that's one of the reasons, like, I'll be honest here, like, I got to legend with basically a 50% win rate on 11x. Like, and like, I, I could feel like as time went on, I was seeing more and more decks tech to beat aggro. So, like, this deck is, you know, it's like barely tier one right now. By the time you listen to this, it's probably tier two. Like, the meta can adjust. The meta can absolutely adjust to beat this. Like, you know, uh, Particular, I looked at the um, HS replay stats for this. Like, it says this matchup against Death Rattle Demon Hunter is sixty percent. That's only true for most of that. Death Rattle Demon Hunter builds are adjusting to beat this deck. Like, Elemental Shaman fifty one percent. Yeah, that's about right. Aggro Shaman sixty three percent. Yeah, we destroy Doomhammer Shaman. 
Uh, Priest is like 40%. Yeah. Rush Warriors, 45%. Yeah. Control Warriors, 40%, but nobody's playing it. Um, you like 67% against um, uh, Spell Mage, 67% against Control Warlock. You know, you beat up on the bad decks. Uh, control decks and good decks are okay against you. And then you have a couple of terrible matchups in the good control decks. Like, uh, but a lot of the sort of more mid-range stuff is starting to tech against Face Hunter, and you will feel that. Um, so I, I want to talk about sort of, first things first, what is the base game plan with this deck and with aggro decks in general? And it is, step one, control the early game. Mulligan for one drops. If you have a one drop, you can keep a two drop, but mulligan for one drops. You can keep Felmaw against slower decks, like, you know, if you're up against like Priest or uh, Spell Mage or something like that, by all means, keep a Felmaw without a one drop. But otherwise, if you don't have a one drop, toss Felmaw. You need to get a one drop. And also, just like in the mirror, toss Felmaw. It's not good in the mirror. Uh, <laughs> So, so, so the fir- the first key strategy is in the early game. You need board presence. You want to get a minion on board and ideally take control of board. Exactly. Um, so worth noting here: tracking, not a one drop. Toss it. Um, adorable infestation. Only keep it if you can essentially guarantee that you're going to have a target for it. So, like you know, if you're up against a deck that has no way to clear and you like already have a Wolper Tinger, sure, keep it. But like you know. If you're up against like another, um, like another hunter, and like you have, like intrepid initiate and adorable infestation and no coin, it's like probably toss the adorable infestation because it's probably not hitting. Like you, you wanna, ha- you have to make sure that you can play your cards in the early game as much as possible. Yeah, Dr- drops are not cards that you play because they're lit up green. Drops are bodies on board. Exactly. Or at the very worst, removal against other things. But like you, you have to make sure that like conditionality is your enemy. Like in the early game with this deck, conditionality is your enemy. You have to be on board unconditionally as much as possible. You have to meet your conditions as much as possible. That that is what you are mulling for. Um, so that's your early game. Your mid game is balancing. You're gonna mostly go face you'll occasionally trade if it you know sets up better stuff or you're against priest where apo blows you out um you're uh you know you're gonna keep playing cards as efficiently as you can and then in the late game you're gonna burn them out um so this deck runs a lot of burn you know two quick shots two piercing shots Two trampling rhinos that can go face, wound prey that can go face, uh, demon companion that can go face a bunch of the time. Um, your hero power, Ang- angry man crick goes face. Yeah. Um, the um, uh, some builds run arcane shot. Like you have a lot of damage that can go face, and that trampling is- rhino goes face. So both this, directly and indirectly. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the biggest variants. This is what like, this is the big variance in how you play aggro decks, like from aggro deck to other aggro decks is how much burn is there. 
And so like there are some aggro decks that have almost no burn or very little. Like um can't think of a good example off the top of my head, but like, you know, maybe they have two cards that burn in the whole deck. And like or have charge. And like so in those decks, you have to play knowing that the board is your main advantage, the board is how you win, whatever. And some decks, there is a lot of burn, and you can afford to give up the board two or even three turns before you win and still win a game. Like, there have been Secret Mage builds like that. Um, uh, there's, there's a fair number of them. Um, this deck is close to that burner end of the spectrum. It's not it's not the most burning deck of all time for aggro, but it's it's pretty close. There have been uh and uh, it is especially worth noting this against Mage. Because Mage loves to play um the card that discovers two secrets that I can't remember the name of. Um and when you are playing this deck every time what the the card they want to discover is uh, Ice Barrier. And sometimes they'll discover it when they're at like 6 health, and you go like, okay, I have a 1-1 one, one on board. I'm just not attacking with it. I am going to burn you out from here. I do not need to attack you. That, and is, a- that is And that is a very high-level play, usually. That- for, for most players, you're thinking, I'm going face, I'm doing damage. Recognizing and playing around Ice Block is something that you have you have to think about and yeah. for i would say for your average player you're probably not going to be in that mindset to do that all the time but that is something definitely worth thinking about yeah like i i think i did that three separate times during my climb like like it it comes up as like it comes up a surprising amount against mage and people are trying to play mage it's not great but people are trying to play it uh <laughs> So there are two cards in this deck that are just that are not just do the basic game plan. And those two cards are Kolkar and Facemoth. So let's start with Kolkar. Kolkar Packrunner, two mana, two, three. Whenever you cast a spell, make a one-one with rush. This is the This is like So say you have a hand that is um Intrepid Initiate, Kolkar coin uh and then like adorable infestation or demon companion your turn one play is intrepid initiate pass and your turn two play is kolkar coin spell this is important kolkar wins you games yeah like if you have a coin if you have a coin you really 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 want turn two kolkar coin spell that is super important and it is worth giving up uh, you know, like I'm a big fan of like if you have uh two two drops and or two one drops and a two drop of like either coining the one drops or uh coining the two drop on turn one, depending on which one's more efficient, and then playing the other ones on turn two. And like Kolkar is the one time you don't do that. Kolkar is you save the coin to use with Kolkar. It, yeah, because those those tokens it creates helps give you even more board advantage and allows you to more easily value trade if necessary. Yeah. Um, also worth noting, in the mirror, Kolkar is the most important card by far. Like, Kolkar wins the mirror. Like, it just does. Um, 
The other one is Imprisoned Felmont. So, Imprisoned Felmont, there are, there are sort of, Imprisoned Felmont is a really good card, do not get me wrong, but there are, mm-hmm. there are sort of, there are three families of decks here that you have to think about. It. Against other aggro decks and against Rogue, because they bounce it, um, Felmont 2 isn't that great a play. Like, you know, you'll mull it away. You'll, um, you know, if if you'd have if your option is Hero Power or Felmont, by all means, Felmont. But like, it, it's not a great turn two play. You're, you're mostly trying to avoid playing it. If you have to, you have to. But whatever. Like, option two is the sort of the mid range decks that often have minions down. Like um, Death Rattle Demon Hunter is the big one right now, where Felmont turn two is a pretty good play. It's not amazing, but it's pretty good. And they they generally still have to respond once it goes off. And it's solid. And the last one is the decks that tend not to play minions. Spell Mage, um, Control uh, Priest, those are the big ones right now. There are others. Felmaw is amazing against those. Like, if you can play a Felmaw on turn two against either of those decks, just absolutely do it. Because it is almost guaranteed ten damage, like, and that is how you win those. Yeah, because if you, if you think about priest, you know you're going to play out your Felma, and yes, it's dormant, but the priest isn't going to be doing anything anyway. Exactly. So it's, you're the tempo loss you would normally take because of that. You're not actually; it's not penalizing you as much. Exactly. Yeah, and in, in particular against priest, like, you know. The way priest blows you out is that they clear your board, your Y board. And like if you played Felmon too, they don't clear your whole board. They clear most of your board, and then Felmon wakes up and hits them in the face, and you're very happy. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, that that's Felmon. Um, so, the next thing I want to talk about is sequencing for value. Now, there is a habit many many players have of holding cards for value. And like, I already talked about the one time it is okay to do that in this deck, and that's Kolkar. Every other time, what you are trying to do is sequence your cards so that you are still spending all your mana, if at all possible, but you're still getting the most value out of you can while you do that. You are sequencing for value, you are not holding for value. You know, if you can make a more efficient play while spending all your mana, by all means do it, but if you have to not spend mana to do the play, you probably should just make the mana efficient play. That is, I think, one of the big things about aggro is that you just got to make the mana efficient play most of the time. And like, that's because ideally what you're trying to do is you're, you're getting the minions on board or you're using your spells because you want to pressure their life total. Exactly. Like pressuring their life total is more important than getting all you can out of a card. Um, oh, I, I realized I forgot to write down the one other card that's slightly different about this deck, which is uh, Warsong Wrangler. The 4-mana, 3-4, Battlecry, uh, discover a beast from your deck, uh, uh, give all copies of it wherever they are, plus 2, plus 1. Um, essentially, unless you have Wolpertingers on board, you select Rhino every time. Like, 
that is how important it is to like Rhino is so much better than Wolpertinger to hit with this. And you run out of cards so often, you need to be able to spend five mana efficiently without starting resorting to your hero power. Trampling Rhino. You just like default to trampling Rhino. Do you have Wolpertingers yeah. on board? Maybe consider it. Like, I think I have selected Wolpertinger when I still had Rhinos in deck one time during my climb. Once in like 50 games. And I played a lot of Warsong Wranglers. <laughs> Yeah, so. because I mean the the buff to trampling rhino because it does excess damage uh face. Yeah. Absolutely absolutely worth buffing that minion as much as possible. Yeah. And spending 5 mana efficiently is much more important than spending 1 mana efficiently in the late game of this deck. That like you have a lot of good 1 mana plays in this deck. The problem is running out of like you do not want to run out of efficient cards in the late game. And Trampling Rhino gives you five mana to spend on efficient cards in the late game, and that's good. That that's that's where you get the value in this deck. Um, mm-hmm. So, next thing, when is it okay to hero power? Here's the rule: Do you have less than three cards in your hand? If the answer is no, don't hero power. The one exception is: Would would I be hero powering? instead of playing quick shot face. That's the one time where it's okay to play the hero power instead. But like, basically do not hero power until you are running low on cards. Like, or you are doing something weird with like, you know, I, I, I stopped playing minions because um, the, like the um, ice barrier, like I mentioned earlier, where you need to be able to press the hero power button three turns in a row to kill them. But like, Apart from weird situations like that, just avoid pressing the hero power. It's now, I, I, I agree with you on this, but there's also the situations where, based on hand composition, if you don't necessarily have things to play, um, so say you're on, say you're on turn three, yeah, but your hand is heavy. And you have nothing to play. Hero power. Yeah, like, sure. If you have nothing, hero power. Late game, if for some reason you haven't killed them by turn seven, <laughs> yeah. and at this point you're probably really low on cards, if, you know, go ahead and hero power and play some things. But again, yeah. being mana efficient about it. Yeah, so like when you have three cards in hand, play two cards, hero power. Next turn, play two cards, hero power. That's fine. Like that. that's a pretty standard play pattern but like if you've got four or five cards in hand just play all your cards first that that's almost always better um yeah because the the your opponent has to respond to your cards especially if they're minions on board they do not have to respond to your hero power yeah yeah um i already talked about this a bit but the coin um the coin is for Kolkar, the coin is for putting out stuff early, or if you have a really bad hand, the coin is to get you out of it. Like, if you draw a mid-range hand with this deck, where you have like, you know, two threes and a one and like a four, then by all means play the one, coin three, three, to get out of it. But like most of the time, like, I coin on one, or like... I think the amount of times I've coined when it was not turn one or two in this deck is like 
10%. It is something in that neighborhood. Like, yeah. coin early. Aggro decks, coin early. You win by getting on board ahead of them. By all means, use the coin to do that. Uh, Kolkar makes up for it because it gives you value for the coin as well. So, you know, Kolkar coin spell is amazing. But, like, other than that, like, if you have two two drops, coin one on one, play the other one on turn two. Like, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. And even though you think about things like your Wolper Tingers or the, the tokens off of Kolkar as one ones and not being very strong, again, you're talking about pressuring the health total and that little chip damage or the little ping damage you get yep. over three or four turns. If they can't answer it, all of a sudden that one one has done three or four damage along with all of its buddies and it adds up quickly. Yeah, there, there have been like. I don't know, six or seven games I played during this run where I won or lost by one damage. Like, it is that close that often. You really have to be prepared for it. Uh, so I want to talk briefly about playing playing this deck or playing aggro decks in general against the other sort of strategies. So to start off, aggro against aggro. What's that like? Um the most important thing is like the stage where you, you know, take off the gas and, you know, the stage where you transition to burn damage is much later. Like you, you keep fighting for the board much more against aggro v aggro than you do in any other matchup. Like, because so often if you let the board go, they could just kill you in two turns if you mess up a lot. Uh, the, the other major difference here, and for this deck list, it's basically just quick shot, but it, it happens, whatever, is you are relatively happy to spend your burn to kill their minions. Like, if they play out a Kolkar on turn two, and I don't have an answer on board, I'll just quick shot it a lot of the time. Like, that, I am perfectly happy to make that trade. And that, that is the major difference. So, like, you know, you're, you you still play the early game the same. You fa- fight for board, you fight for board, but you are willing to keep fighting for board for a lot longer and so that you are trying to burn them out from much closer life total so that they can't do the same to you. And that, that is yeah. the major difference. Worth noting that against Shaman right now, like, their late game is kind of bad against you. So, like, in particular... Their their doom hammer plans are not are like very slow compared to your burn. So like if you can control the early game enough, you probably just win that game. Like if they beat you in the early game, you die, and that does happen occasionally. That's why you know aggro shaman match up sixty three percent and not like seventy five percent. But like you know, if you can win the early game, you generally just win. Um, Aggro against mid-range, this is one of the... This is sort of... You just play your default game. You make trades only when they're very good. You go face a lot. You pressure their life total a lot. Um, You know, you start spending your burn fairly early. You're, you know, you're willing to give up the board probably two turns before you actually win most of the time. Right now, the major 
aggro or the major mid-range deck is death rattle demon hunter but there's also rush warrior like death rattle demon hunter you're solid against like you can you can often do that it really depends on how good their elemental chains are and if they get the swipe the new swipe minion because that's really good against yeah. you rush warrior the, the rush warrior can kind of kick you uh, <laughs> that's a bad match but uh, again <laughs> you lose both of those matches when you lose board yes like you can lose so mid-range decks different from aggro decks in that they tend to have very little burn so like if you you know if they have like say 10 attack on board and you're still at 30 because you controlled the early game you can go okay i'm giving up the board i'm going all face here i'm sending burn face like they're not going to kill me in like they're probably not going to kill me in two turns and i'm willing to take that risk and that is a play you have to make sometimes but you know you you still got to control the early game to get there that this is going to be a theme here um and the last one is aggro versus control and this is the weird one where you don't have to control the early game because they just give it to you like you, you still want to be as efficient as possible but like this is where you're willing to start holding cards you know where you're willing to do stuff like you know if i have three mana left and a wound prey and i have five things on board i'll just hear a power pass because like i don't like spending that does one more damage now and then they clear my board and i have one less card in hand like this is when you have to start worrying about board clears um against priest in particular you also have to like you have to make the judgment of does apple here blow me out and if it does how do i trade in like you'll trade more against priest than you think it it's still not trade a lot like you know if they have a tutu out okay you can apple that i don't care but like if they have like a six six out and you're like I, I can you know i can attack past this no problem and you're like but if they apple that i just lose the game like then you have to seriously consider trading um yeah that that is so yeah the playing around board clears is against control is trickier that's also where like um efficient burn is nice because you can spend your mana on the burn and still spend your mana but you're not getting blown out as badly so like you know if they if it's like turn three and you have a decent board and they put down um sethic you can just like piercing shot the sethic and keep going face and you're pretty happy with that because they don't blow yeah. you out and you spent all your mana and are still pressuring them. So, so I, I guess the last question I would have for you uh, about this deck is in general for yeah. aggro and then more specifically for this deck in general, at what point did you find you were closing out games? What, what was the term where you're like, Yep, turn six. That feels right. That's when this game usually ends. Uh, if I had a busted Kolkar turn, like turn five, if I didn't, turn seven, turn eight. But if you're getting into turn 10, 11, 12, you're probably in bad shape. Yes, yeah, definitely. Like, I have one games with this on, like, turn 9 or 10, but it's not that common. And it's mostly in things like the Mirror, where we've just been trading off each other's stuff a lot. Exactly. Well, 
Um, this definitely sounds interesting. This is not a deck that I've played much of, and uh, I think after this, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to sleeve this up and give it a little bit of go. I've been playing a lot of the Demon Hunter lately because that's just been fun. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so, so there you have it. Agri- oh, oh, more on the aggro. If go you do it. want to play Death Rattle Demon Hunter, um, the one in the VS report is very good against uh, this deck. Uh, Zaka OBB with it three times during my climb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But to be this clear, is I one played of those him decks- three times. He beat me all three times. <laughs> and this is one of those decks that is getting highlighted. It will probably see an uptick in play, which means as you see an uptick in play, other decks are going to go ahead and try and adjust to that and counter it, which means that other decks will become more popular and then other things will rise to counter that. And it's the cycle we always see, but ultimately probably worth learning to play. Um, Aggro is not a goldfish strategy where you just play your green cards. It does require some thinking and strategy. And we hope that this little primer, at least on this face hunter deck has been helpful. With that, anything else, Schwal? No, that's it. Have fun going face, I guess. <laughs> All right. Okay, remember, if all else fails, go face. All right, everyone. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Wow, well played.